Welcome to A Magical Life, Health, Wealth and Weight Loss. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, Lead Practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia and number one best-selling author. In this podcast, I aim to give you practical tips on how to accelerate and sustain your health, increase your financial, spiritual and emotional wealth and to look at something that haunts many of us needlessly, weight loss. In some episodes, I'll have guests available to give you even more tips, but in others, the floor is yours. Drop us a line at A Magical Life Podcast on Facebook and let me know what you would like to know more about. Now, sit back and enjoy, because it is time for you to create and truly discover a magical life. Welcome back to A Magical Life. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, and today I have the gorgeous Kay Doran with me. Now, Kay is a wife, a mother, a grandmother. I don't believe her because she looks so young, but more on that in a minute. And uh, and she's a businesswoman. She started her business 30 years ago in personal and professional development, meditation, shamanic healing, and coaching. She had a few issues going back into the workforce, which we'll discuss, and that actually brought up something that a lot of people face, which is some bullying, so we'll get Kay's take on that. Kay's business is called Inner Expressions, and it's all about personal leadership, starting from within and changing the outer expression of ourselves and our lives. So welcome, Kay. Thank you, Magic. How nice to be here. We've been chatting for a while and it's great to get you onto our podcast. Yeah, we have been chatting for a while and it's, yeah, I, I, I love what you yourself are doing in your own business and in your life and who you are. So Thank you. Now tell us a little bit about your story here. I did just mention that you came across some bullying, you experienced some bullying, but tell us what led up to that, please, Kay. So in my 20s, I was sort of thrust into a situation that I believe sort of chose me rather than me choosing it. So I started off running meditation groups. The groups would grow. Everyone was seeking my insights. Um, I have a natural ability of about, you know, to know actually what's going on um, with people and for people. I am also a qualified master coach and um, qualified trainer as well. And it developed into a business full-time personal professional development, coaching, um, shamanic energy, healing work as well. And I loved it. It was at a time where I was bringing babies into the world. Um, You know, it it continued to grow. I was being interviewed on radios and, and, you know, traveling across Australia a bit and working a little bit overseas, but not so much. And um, yeah, I just, I just love working with people and I and I had men in group there as well but it seemed to become more and more predominantly the women and um, which I just love I just love seeing women step into their power their self-acceptance their authenticity of actually who they are and um, I went through a divorce and raised children then on my own for a bit was fortunate enough to find a fabulous man and I got to a point in my life in my 40s where This might sound weird, but I I felt drawn that I needed to grow. I needed some challenges myself. And if I was to do it, now was the time to do it before I'd look way too old on a piece of paper on a a resume. So I downscaled my business, 
just sort of on the side after hours. And I managed to get a position as a manager in training in a jewellery store. And you can imagine all, they're predominantly, you know, female based in jewellery as well. And it's an incredibly aggressive sales industry. And of course, they're like, well, who the hell is this woman? What background does she have? And of course, I was selling better than their top sellers. And my shock was I'd spent years, over 20 years, where people would seek me out. They were wanting to grow. They were wanting to better themselves. They were wanting to hear what I have to say. And I think I went in a bit naive as to just how aggressive it can be out there. Um, and they were starting to bully me. And my manager was a male and younger and he wouldn't let me have a voice until in the end it became so distressing that I went, I'm walking out or you let me address this group. So he was very nervous. I, I think maybe because I'm a strong, confident woman, I don't know, maybe he thought I'd be too aggressive or something, but um, I'm very good at dealing with people and communicating. So we got them together the next morning and I basically communicated with them and by the end of it, their heads were all hanging in shame. And the truth revealed itself, which was, Kay, you have no formal training and you're probably the best sales professional we've ever come across ever. Well, you know, when you're standing there and I was emotional and it's okay to be emotional. It was, it was a tough situation. And I'm like, you know what? I came in here to learn from you all, but I also believe I had things to bring to share with you. I just wanted us to give to each other and build something beautiful. And, and then the question comes, why would you treat another human being like this? What have I done? Tell me what I've done that would warrant this kind of behavior. And when you call people on things, but you do it non-aggressively, you don't do it with anger. You do it from, you know, a, a place of personal empowerment and a genuine desire to want to uncover the truth. It's non-threatening then. Do you know what I mean? What they'd been putting on me, I put back onto them in a gentle way and also showed my vulnerability, my humanity. And it's like, why? Help me understand why you would be so nasty to me. Tell me what I've done that would deserve it. And that's when you see the heads go down, you know? And I told them I was getting ready to walk and I didn't want to walk. I wanted to grow and, you know, become part of a team and learn and progress into the management. So. Then I um, did end up in management and a new manager came into the business, a new regional manager, and he was all cocky and all the rest and he made some bad choices and put someone into a store that I'd been working towards and proving myself and getting results, doing everything that asked of me. And um, someone came in who'd come from a corporate job and they handed her this store and I'm, I'm the sort of person where I would speak up when I felt like it was something needed to be done. And, and again, I just questioned, you know, you told me I could have this store if I'd achieved this, 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 and this, and you put me in different stores and I achieved it. And, um, and in the end, of course, he didn't like the fact that I'd done that and he found a way to get rid of me. So more bullying. And I was just astounded at all the different industries that I went into that had bullying. So I wanted to progress into area management, but because I was so good at sales and building, I dismantled toxic teams and brought in people, you know, and built teams where it was about trust, having each other's back, selling professionally, not just cutting the bottom line out of everything. So they kept giving me the troublesome stores. Now, when someone's hiring someone for area management, they want you to be 
running the biggest stores. So I did a sidewood step and became a district sales manager for Avon. So I ran 300 representatives, which are all their own business owners, and 50 suburbs. Probably the biggest job I've ever done yet, and you wouldn't believe it's incredible reporting. And there I didn't so much experience bullying, but the woman that hired me moved on and then they brought in another uh, regional. And she was very old school. And the challenge that came for me then was she wanted me to take my team into car parks and approach people getting out of cars. Oh my now, goodness. Now, for me, that was a major go against my integrity levels, seriously against who I am and what I'm about and really against my integrity. But you know what leadership is? I'd have to get out there and do it couldn't complain and carry on to the girls. I'd say, look, I don't agree with it, but this is what we have to do. And I started to experience anxiety in the middle of the night before waking up to go to work. It was that far removed from who I believe myself to be. So then I managed to get into area management and I found myself in steel cap boots, high vis, standing out at the airport, looking after car rentals, seven different locations and a city location. And Magic, I can tell you, I'm standing there with all of my background going, what the, what am I doing here? <laughs> I can imagine your head's kind of spinning. <laughs> it, you know, from, from personal professional development, coaching, mindset, all of that to, yeah, st and still cat boots and out the airport and running a team of over 50 people. And now I experienced severe bullying there because I had no car rental experience. And you can imagine them going, oh, ding-dong, Avon calling. She's what? She's worked for Avon. She's worked in jewellery. She's had her own business in personal, professional development and coaching. Who does she think she is? Because there were people there that had applied for the role that had been in car rental for 15 years. So you can imagine what I was, and it was a very toxic team. The, the person before me had hired all friends and some of them couldn't speak particularly brilliant English and um, it was very clicky. So again, I just, you know, by then it's like, doesn't bother me. I know who I am and I'll dismantle who I need to dismantle and, and build new teams. And then I experienced bullying from upper management and, um, and a betrayal from someone that I'd actually helped out. And there was, a, there was a redundancy made and I left that very empowered. But it made me stop and think going, oh, my God, I'm in my 50s. I'm never going to betray myself again like this ever. I will never go against my integrity levels. I will never stay in a job for the sake of money because I really wanted to leave that, that car rental business and I thought I'll do it on my terms, but it was such a busy business. I was up and out the airport by 6.30 in the morning, not back till maybe 6.30 at night and exhausted and available by phone 24-7. So you know, the time to go find that other job and leave on my terms didn't happen. Do you know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah. But yeah. And I put on 20 kilos and I'd never done that before and just went, this is not worth it. Money's not worth it. Do you know what I mean? It's, there's got to be a line in the sand. So I'm seeing a theme here. The, the bullying is one thing that's an external influence, but the internal influence it's it's quite fitting that your business is called Inner Expressions because you were trying to express your inner thoughts and 
your belief systems through these positions and getting met with resistance all along the way. Yeah, yeah. But the good news is, I mean, during that time, I, I, I said goodbye to the 20 kilos. I've had car accidents in my time. None of them my fault because it sounds terrible when you go, I've had three. Um, <laughs> so body was in pain, you know, and I needed to come back to who I am and where my boundaries are and integrity. And that's when I, you know, long story short, but I ended up getting a coach. I was approached for a multi-level marketing business and I thought, okay, I'm never going to be in this position again. I'm going to get a coach to help me build that business and then I can branch off into coaching. And my coach after two sessions said, for God's sake, hey, you are a coach through and through. So it all flipped. So that's when I started that I'm coming back to and I realised everything I'd been learning, my relatability had, had deepened as well. Do you know what I mean? My resilience, ways of empowering myself, you know, in that final redundancy, I, I seriously empowered myself and left all that, muck they'd put onto me back in the lap of this particular gentleman and um i heard he was very angry for a month afterwards and you know recommitted to myself and my values and who i am and what i'm about and it brought me back to my coaching then i did create another role as a state trainer now i knew i'd integrated all the lessons because this time I had really positive people around me. I managed to build and train um, a, a, a group of, you know, 12 amazing women of all different ages. I was there to coach them, to train them in the sales. And, you know, they loved me. They appreciated my skill sets. One woman tried to bully me and I nipped that in the bud straight away and took control of that. So when I left that role, I really did leave feeling like I had completed a full 10-year cycle because I was out in the workforce for 10 years. Yeah, you'd finally gotten some closure through your personal growth. Yes. And you know what? I wouldn't change any of those experiences because I had these great aspirations early on in my business. And there was a part of me that as I left that business behind, I knew it was for a reason but felt like had I failed, and no, I hadn't, because there are times that things will happen in the right time, not always our time. And the jump that I was making, I needed all those skill sets. I needed those experiences. I needed to grow into the woman that I am today to have elevated my business to women's leadership and life coaching and get people past their comfort zones and get women back into the driver's seat of their life and get their boundaries set and get their values clear. I wasn't ready before. I was, you know, the work I was doing was fabulous, but sometimes we, the experiences that come to us are actually designed for us to grow into the person we're aspiring to become. How does that translate to people's health, Kay? Well, look what happened to me. 20 kilos on, I didn't realise how much stress I was, I was living under. You know, my health was nowhere near as good because I was continually betraying my deepest values. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. I made yeah. the positions that I was in. Fear started to rule because, and this is what happens to a lot of women, well, I can't change the job because, you know, and I need the money. They're all things that we can master ourselves through. But the betrayal of self, you know, it shifts the mindset 
it lowers the mindset, it lowers the emotional resistance, and then of course it lowers the immune system. And you know, look at 20 kilos. I've gone up and down in my life, but never before had I carried 20 kilos. You know, all that self-protection I was I was putting on. Mm. So the betrayal of ourself and the betrayal of our values and the loss of our dreams is really destructive. It is definitely. Now, what would be your top tips to create wealth, be it emotional, spiritual or financial? Yes. So, and and you know what? Wealth comes in all sorts of different areas. So we all actually have wealth. You know, someone might have more money, but their relationship not, might not be as good as what you've got. Do you know what I mean? So we all have wealth. So what we need to recognise is that we all have a capacity set in all those different areas of our life. Okay, I think it's really important because when we talk wealth, I know when I was setting this podcast up, I had people saying, but are you going to talk about money? And I said, no, wealth is so encompassing. Money is just one of the end points. If you don't believe in yourself, if you don't value yourself, you cannot value currency. Exactly, exactly. And it was interesting because... Someone posed a question on Facebook the other day, is money the root of all evil? And I'm like, you know what? Money's just energy. Money's just a note. It's what we do with it that gives it value or makes it something not so nice. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, but to me, wealth is all of that. So, you know, we need to address all those different areas and we have a preset capacity for success, abundance, love and joy in all those different areas. How would you expand that capacity? Uh, Conscious intention and understanding. When you reach that capacity, there's something I call the tipping point. The tipping point is what brings us back. So say, for example, in, in financial. Do you know what I mean? If you get to the point where you're at your full capacity, have you ever noticed or seen it with others where suddenly unexpected bills come in? or something happens to the car, you know, something is created for that money to go back out again, to bring them back to that comfort zone of that capacity of their allowing. Um, The same thing in a relationship, you know, remember wealth to me encompasses success, you know, abundance, love and joy. So in a relationship, if you've got a capacity for so much love and joy and connection and with your partner, for example, or even friendships, and you reach that full capacity, you'll create an argument or a disagreement or something to bring you back. So we need to recognise when we're reaching our tipping point. So that becomes self-observant. I have to start observing where I'm at. I have to start looking at what are the stories that I tell myself. Like I used to say years and years and years ago in my early 20s, oh, I've always got just enough. So I always had just enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's where I was expecting it. So having the intention to expand your capacity, having the willingness to look at the patterns of what you do and how you where your tipping point is and what you do to bring yourself back, and the intention to expand it. Now the thing here is really important is when you expand your capacity. Um, let's say it's in finances and you're already earning 55000 but you'd love to be earning 100000 but that takes you way beyond where you believe that's absolutely possible. 
so it constricts you. You've got to bring it to a point where you might go, oh, but okay, I could do 75, and I'm really comfortable with that. You want a little bit of discomfort, so take it to 85. Here's an analogy. If you go to play a game of tennis, you don't enjoy playing someone that's just the same as you. Do you know what? There's no challenge in that. It becomes a bit of a boring game. But if you go to play a professional tennis player, you go onto that court knowing you've got no hope in hell of winning that game. <laughs> yeah, at the same time, you don't go asking Serena Williams for a game. You have to no. make it just within your reach, something to go towards yes. without so defeating yourself. If you find someone that's better than you, a bit better than you, and you go on there full of that hope and potential, now this might be tough and I have to pull out everything I've got, but I might have a chance here. So that's the same with expanding our capacity in different areas. Don't blow it out so you're playing against the professional going, this is never going to happen. <laughs> But don't keep it so it's so safe, like playing tennis with a partner that's equal to you. Reach that point and then go, do you have a little bit of discomfort? Because that's part of your drive. Do you know what I mean? I've got a chance mm. here. Mm. So the same thing, when I, you know, when I was looking at that 20 kilos, I, that was overwhelming to me. But if I brought it down to five kilos, then five kilos, and when I'd done the first five and the second five, oh, 10 was easy after that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. So we've covered a little bit about your inner expression and how that relates to people around you. We've covered a little bit about wealth. Now, something else we talk about here is weight loss, and we, we have mentioned it a few times already today. But what has your experience taught you about weight gain or weight loss? Generally, that we're protecting ourselves. And, um, you know, part of the thing is, one, learning to love ourselves regardless. I mean, I still loved myself with the weight on. I no longer liked having photos taken and things and a little bit of criticism, but I had to look at what was I protecting myself from? Well, if you look at the, the background and out at the airport and, you know, slowly getting bigger and bigger and bigger, I was protecting myself from all the, the you know, the self-betrayal I was doing to myself. So swallowing back things, does that make sense? And the beginning of also losing that, the thing is really interesting with anything. The more you focus on something, it, you, you can't lose the weight by constantly carrying on about, oh, my God, I'm fat, I'm 20 kilos heavier, I'm there, because you just keep creating that. Self-fulfilling prophecy, the same as if you're always wanting, you'll forever be in the state of wanting. Do you know what I mean? Change doesn't happen by seeing yourself where you are now. Change happens because you start to build a vision of your desired outcome, your aspirations. Yeah? Yeah, totally. Now, were there people around you that were saying things about your weight or did you manage to block all of that out? No, I, I'm surrounded by incredibly supportive people. Um and my husband would comment, but, hey, he'd put on 27 kilos as well. But he always let me know that he loved me, you know, always let me know. And it didn't matter what I was trying back then. Isn't it interesting? It didn't matter what I was trying. It didn't do anything until I realised I'd been betraying myself. I'd been keeping myself in a position that was, um, that was not a position of being treated with respect, 
or feeling valued or yeah, allowing myself to be somewhere where I'd outgrown, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there was one moment where I went um, to Melbourne to visit my mother. This was a turning point for me. We were out for dinner and I was chatting her out for dinner and she leaned over and grabbed my excess and said, so don't you ever move? Oh, my God, I was so angry because my, my job, I, I was on my feet the whole time and moving cars and walking up to counters and throughout the airport and stuff. But you know what? I needed that to happen. So at that point, she's physically grabbed you and said, don't you move. What was going yeah. through your head? You know what? Just rage, disgust. How could my mother do that? But I realised it was all my own feelings about myself, my own rage, my own disgust, my own anger, unexpressed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we talked through it. But I also realised that it really wasn't about her because if I was really okay with myself, it wouldn't have triggered. That's something we need to really point out to our listeners here today, and that is... People will say things around you all the time, whether it's about your weight or your looks or the clothes that you're wearing or the money that you have. Yeah. But that's not about you. It's about them and it's about their perception and their values and belief systems. You are just the, the catalyst that lets them think that's okay to say. It's really not about you. And the only time it is about us, Magic, because you, you're spot on, the only time it is about us is if we react. We are reacting out something old. So it's about being proactive and reactive. And that's why, you know, I used to have lots of nasty things said about me, but I don't bring that in anymore because I've done the inner work of that self-acceptance of integration. Oh, someone told me years ago in my 20s, you're so intense. And I took such offence to that. Oh, my until goodness, I, I would be like, yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, I came to, the way I dealt with this is I'm like, okay, you know, and, and I realised I'm passionate and I have an intensity because I'm passionate about people. I'm passionate about what I, what I do. I'm passionate about supporting people and elevating people. And then I went, too intense for who? Do you know what I mean? I'm mm -hmm. not for myself. And when that, when that resolve happened... Anyone now could come up and say that to me. I wouldn't give two hoots. So, yes, it's about them, but if it triggers something in you, you are reacting something out, something old. And you know what? Bless them because we wouldn't be able to uncover it and discover it and reclaim it if we weren't triggered. Got yeah. to stop pointing that finger and going, well, if I'm reacting, it's triggering something in me you know and that's all my mother did she just triggered something in me was it a bit thoughtless and all the rest of it yeah but I'm I'm a, I'm a 55 year old woman now you know um, and this was only a couple of years ago three years ago or so but I'm very quick to go and move beyond that how could she all the rest of it and go hold on a moment Kay if you're really okay internally with all of this that wouldn't have mattered you just would have gone mum seriously not nice yeah I've had so to say I, that to a few people around me you know when they say yeah. things about my weight and I just say mm, that's one of those quiet thoughts that you have <laughs> you don't need to say it yeah 
I taught my kids when they were little, you know, when they'd go to school and sometimes teachers wouldn't be fair and, and I'd say to them, you don't need to say this out loud, but you can say it to yourself. You know, you don't have my permission to speak to me like this. Mm. So they could empower themselves. But I think, you know, part of that personal leadership is if someone's triggered something, yes, you're probably going to get caught up in pointing the finger at them, but reel it back in, reel it back in and go, if it was really no issue, I wouldn't be triggered. I wouldn't be reacting. So what is it that I need to, what is it that I need to come to terms with to take ownership of and integrate? Because then it won't, it won't matter what someone externally says. And in the end, when it's really integrated, they probably, you won't even be creating that, that scenario, that experience. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. That's fantastic, yeah. Kay. Now people can find you at www.kdoran.com. So that's K-A-Y-E-D-O-R-A-N.com. Yeah. You're also on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, what can you offer the listeners today when they get in touch with you? Oh. On my webpage, go to resources and there's some guided meditations there and one of them is expanding your capacity. I'm currently turning my 13-year Power Up Your Life workshop into a free resource. So soon you'll be able to go on there and download the workbook and I'll have the video tutorials to go with that. But I'd also like to offer the first um, the first four uh, that get in contact with me a free coaching session. That's fantastic, Kay. Uh, you know what? It's what I love to do. Um, I, I'm not one of those coaches that has any hidden agendas. I just love to help people transform and, and, and change. So, yeah. That is brilliant. Now, Kay, at the start of our conversation, I said that you're a grandmother and you certainly don't look like it. How many grandkids do you have? Uh, within the next two weeks, I'll have my fourth grandson. Now, the eldest one is actually like a step-grandson, but we don't do step in our place. It's just family. So, yeah, the other three are, are, are ours. My husband is mine. So a little four-year-old, um, about an 18-month-old, and then my um, eldest daughter is uh, about to give birth any time now and in the next two weeks. So... Um, never thought I want, would want to be called grandma. I always thought I, you know, didn't sort of fit the bill. And I have to say to you, you know, changing perceptions. Yeah. Uh, when our old boy came to us and said, wow, we're pregnant, the first ones, I'm like, yay, Nana. And they went, no, sorry, Elaine's mother's Nana. <laughs> you know, you're going to need to be grandma. And I walked away. And this is how changing our perception can just change the way we feel about everything. I walked away and I sat with it and... Then I went, grandmother, I'm the grandmother. And I saw it completely different. Not like the grey-haired old lady with the bun, but the grandmother, you know, sitting on her throne almost, you know, like a priestess kind of image. I love that. And that's why I asked you about that. And it is really about our perception. And when we're given titles or descriptions, whether it's from someone else or from ourselves, it's seeing that with a different clarity and a different perception in a way that serves you. Absolutely. And I just love how you've done that. Uh, I've looked before getting on here, I did a very quick Facebook live on perception and about, you know, how 
how quickly we can change experiences in our life by changing the way we view it and our perception, just like I did with the no, 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 I'll never be grandma. And now I love being called grandmother, you know, <laughs> love it. Yeah. That is fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. I know it's, you know, a very precious time waiting for another grandchild to arrive. Uh, and I really appreciate you coming on today to A Magical Life. Now, in episode 14, we have Aileen McCarthy coming on. Aileen is uh, lead practitioner at The Wellness Witches, and we'll talk more about that. And she'll be talking about all things health and the complicated inner journey that that can take. Uh, for now, thank you very much, Kay, for coming on today. And to all our dear listeners, please go forth and create your magical life. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to hear future episodes, leave a review and share this podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at A Magical Life Podcast or at Holistic Natural Health Australia. That's holistic with a W. You can find us on Instagram at Holistic Natural Health or at www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. That's where you'll access all sorts of articles, freebies and more.